It is now nine minutes before six o'clock. Next, we're in conversation with Inoko Tongwana, who is uh, the Minister of Finance. Minister, I heard that the RAND responded to the President's election. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I've been making the point that um, markets and generally the investment community wants policy certainty. To the extent that President Ramaphosa has been re-elected, uh, re it provides them with that continuity and policy certainty. And are assured that the structural reforms that the President was, was implementing will continue. Speaking about um, the stability around, um, around policy, one of the issues that was raised during the President's political report was um, the one on land reform and then also the issue around the nationalization of the Reserve Bank. How do you see that conversation going on in commissions today? Now, I mean, all of those items are always standing item on the agenda. Let me just give the Reserve Bank. But isn't the difference now that there's actually a resolution? There was a resolution taken in 2017. Give me the history a bit. Okay. There has been a very contestation over what the Reserve Bank must focus on. In particular, whether within its mandate it should not include employment. To deal with this debate then, um, the Minister of Finance at the time, uh, Minister Praveen Gordon, wrote a letter to then Governor uh, Marcus, and said, Jill Marcus, and said, guys, these are the things you should also take into consideration. I'm making this, this history in order to understand how this debate has been flowing. In the last conference, the, the decision was taken to nationalize the Reserve Bank. You will see that we wrote, we prefaced that with a sentence that says, it's a historical anomaly. That's what we said. Why did we say it's a historical anomaly? It's precisely because after the Second World War, all central banks were nationalized except two or three in the world. So that the failure that it was not nationalized in South Africa, we saw that as a historical anomaly. We then agreed that the Reserve Bank must be nationalized, but we end that resolution with something that says, in the process of doing that, we should not enrich speculators. So subsequent to that, a number of developments have taken place which, if we were to implement that resolution in its present form, we would end up spending more money than the resources of the economy can afford. And as a result, it would undermine the very resolution which said we should not um, uh, unrich, I mean, enrich speculators. When you, when you mean spending more money, what sort of figures were you looking at? Let me just say there are people who want, I mean, uh, there's people who are driving this agenda. Some of them are outside the ANC. Uh, some of them are shareholders. Now, there's an evaluation of the Reserve Bank. If you evaluate the Reserve Bank force in terms of its share price, you've got 2 million shareholders multiplied by 10,000, which is currently the value of That means roughly a walk in the park who can nationalize the Reserve Bank with, with our eyes closed. But if you were to say, you are evaluating the bank in terms of including its asset base, the number is between 50 and 70 billion. Now you've got to make policy choices whether you spend that 50 or 70 billion in acquiring the Reserve Bank or 
I take part of it and pay the 350 and part of it and put it into NEFSAS. Those are the choices we've got to make. So as it stands currently, um, what would your um, recommendation be? Do not nationalize the my, bank? My recommendation is not to say let's undermine the resolution, but we must say we must do so when the resources of the country are sufficient enough that we can be able to do so. Okay, so the shareholdership is one part, but then there's also the issue around the mandate of, of the Reserve Bank. Let me, I mean, even that debate, in my view, I tend, I tend to be misplaced. What is the mandate of the Reserve Bank in terms of the Constitution? The mandate of the Reserve Bank in terms of the Constitution is for the Reserve Bank to maintain price stability in the interest of a balanced growth not for the sake of it. So what that means is that the Reserve Bank has got to make sure that in managing that stability balances that with all other economic variables in, a, in, in, in order to ensure a balanced growth. So that mandate is broad enough uh, to give all the effects people are talking about, including employment, taking those things into account. Now the question that arises, what do you do? Do you, do you go and tell the, 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 the Monetary Policy Committee to do what? Then you're confronted with that resolution, you're also confronted with the a mandate of the Reserve Bank, we're also confronted with the independence of the Reserve Bank. Those, we've got to manage all of those things as we do this debate. Okay. We're also joined by Sophie Mugwena, who is our international editor. Sophie, quick question from you. Minister, after this election, I am sure you are very happy, particularly looking at the coming BRICS summit next year. Mm. South Africa is going to host the summit. Uh, the president coming back, what will be the approach? At the G20 also, yeah. a critical one, the president is pushing for yeah. the AU yeah. to be a permanent member yeah. of the G20. So uh, what can we expect next year? We Vigorous international uh, we campaigning? We, we uh, aggressively have developed a program and our themes uh, and our agenda as chair of the BRICS next year. We've set up working streams to look into that uh, work. My team work on the finance stream. So we're excited that we'll be uh, uh, chairing BRICS next year. And uh, having President Ramaphosa will ensure continuity of the discussion we've had. We're also excited that in 2025, we'll take over the presidents of the, of the G20. That's one. why we've got to win in 2024. Okay. <laughs> So in terms of the G20, uh, G20 yeah, it's minister, 2025. as you build up to G20 2025, when you look at the global economy, mm. uh, when you listen to what the UN Secretary General mm. said, there should be a compact in mm. terms of the developed countries mm. and the developing nations. At the G20 in Bali, mm. do you think this did find... Uh, traction within member states? Let me just say, what is important about the G20, uh, my reading of it, is quite a powerful institution. And most of the policies we adopt in the G20 simply get implemented by IMF and the World Bank and all the multinational institutions. In that sense, it's quite a powerful institution. For instance, if you look at the debt initiative, the framework, G20, of debt relief, it's a decision that emerged from the G20 and is being implemented by in Paris Club, by everybody. So it's quite a powerful institution for, 
for us to be using to be using it. So I'm saying, uh, in that sense, it's quite an important institution. A final one from my end, Minister. The um, basic income grant, also part of the deliberations um, here at the conference. Do we have the money? Look, we at the moment have penciled in the the 350. We have penciled in for. 2023 24 for 2024 25. If you ask me, although we have said it's going to come to an end in the next one, extend it by a year, I'm a realistic every politician. There's no likelihood we are going to go to an election and people say cut it out. There's not going to happen. But my sense is that it may find permanence, in which case it can evolve as becoming a basic income grant. The 350 will find permanency? I'm not saying it's going to be, but it may, depending on how we discuss the thing, to use it, to use it as a base for the basic income grant. Thank you so much for your time. That is uh, Ino Kotongwano, who is the Minister of Finance. A final one from my end. Put your hands up, South Africa, because from the 28th of July to the 6th of August 2023, the Netball World Cup is coming to Cape Town. Tickets are available on our website now. Shoot to nwc2023.org.za. That's nwc2023.org.za to buy your tickets so you don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's the first time that the Netball World Cup will be taking place on African soil. So put your hands up, Mzansi for the Netball World Cup 2023. From my end, Aldrin Simpia and Sakina Kamendo, thank you so much for tuning in on this special broadcast. Cam Sam is saying, Dotsins, enjoy the rest of your evening. Remember to love each other and lead with compassion.